You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I'm your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going into the archives and pulling an interview from Chicago TARDIS 2016 when I got to interview Fraser Hines, Tim Trelore, and Elliot Chapman. So that was a really exciting opportunity, and it's something that... For quite frankly, I should have made available a long time before now, but especially now with me trying to get all the backlog cleaned out, and thankfully with so little new content coming out as coronavirus shuts everything down, I've had the time to go back and uh, clean up this audio as best I can. Obviously, when I'm recording from a con panel, it's a lot harder than when I'm doing it from my own office area that I have optimized for that. But you should be able to hear everything that we're talking about. As far as things go over here, uh, we're still doing fine. Not much has changed since last week. We did finish Star Trek Picard. That's probably the biggest thing. And then I don't know what we're going to watch now as a replacement. And we might finish up Man in the High Castle. Or we might go and start looking at DC Universe and the various shows on that platform. But I will keep you guys posted. And we may very well record some episodes on some of those things. We're definitely recording an episode on Star Trek Picard. But, uh, just like last time, I am not going to put an outro on this, um, so ESO Patreon is a thing, contribute if you can, you can get ex- access to exclusive episodes, from, it helps the network, uh, give feedback for this show at 42cast.com, or everything, <laughs> Alright, there's many ways you can get feedback on this show. <laughs> Sorry, I was kind of talking over myself there. One is from the website, 42cast.com. Another is on Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. One is on the Twitter at at 42cast. And another is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. So... With that being said, we're going to go into a promo for another fine podcast, and then we will go into the interview from Chicago TARDIS. Fans of podcast, I am Rusted Robot. Rusted Robot is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Episodes in the hundreds with pop culture reviews and geek style news. I am Rusted Robot Podcast. You have come here for geek. Will you listen? Listen for free. No, we will run and we will live. Aye, run and you'll live, and dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all those days and come back here for just one more listen? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our Rusted Robot Podcast.
Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to Chicago TARDIS 2016. Uh, so this panel is Classic Impressions. Uh, my name is Nathan Laws. Um, for several years, I was the co-producer of a podcast called Seancastic. Uh, it was aptly named by my friend Sean, who was the host of the show. Uh, I'm actually starting a podcast of my own that debuts in January, so this is a little premature for me to announce it, but I figured this is probably the best opportunity I'm going to have. So it is called The 42 Cast. Um, it is a, a, a not so subtle uh, joke off of the Douglas Adams uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, 42 being the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. So my podcast is the ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything. Uh, and mostly it will be a panel type discussions of various subjects, but sometimes interviews. Um, and uh, so that is uh, my shameless plug. I have business cards up here. Uh, the website is not yet published, but the email address does work. So tune back in in January for, <laughs> for that if you're interested. Uh, but you come out of the commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you're not here to hear about me, so. So with me today is our August assemblage of voice actors. <laughs> to my right is Elliot Chapman, who has been playing Ben Jackson. <laughs> Fraser Hines, who of course we all know as Jamie McCrimmon, but who has also been playing Second Doctor. That's right. And the uh, most recent thing that they've been in is the uh, Second Doctor uh, Companion Chronicles Volume 1, which they probably have in the dealer's room. So that's my plug for you, too. Yes. <laughs> and on the far right, or I guess left. Not in politics. <laughs> is uh, Tim Trelore, who has been playing the Third Doctor. And I just finished listening to the Third Doctor Adventures Volume 2, which is very good. And and you should uh, pick that up in the dealer's room as well. Um, so uh, to get uh, to start with questions, <laughs> let's just start with you first, Elliot, and just go down the road. Do I use this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I can hand you. Oh, I can hand you this. Sure. Down with it, so you two can share. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what is the story of how you got cast as uh, Ben Jackson? Right, okay. Well, I'll try and do the truncated version. Um, I, I did a thing when I was at drama school called the Carlton Hobbs Award, which is because radio dramas are a really big deal back home in the UK. And, um, they decide every year that there are two students in a year group who really have a face for radio. <laughs> they can't get them on the stage and they can't get them on screen. Um, they, they put them up for this bursary award and your radio showreel kind of goes everywhere, not just to um, producers at BBC, but um, it can end up, well, with Big Finish, for example. And it was around that time that David Richardson, the producer at Big Finish, was tentatively trying to decide if fans might, uh, if they might welcome or not the recasting of an established role, in this case, Ben. Um, and um, they I went. And I were getting fed up at doing it. You were getting fed up, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and because it's all done in real time as well, so Fraser would have had to hop between 
the Doctor, Jamie, and Ben. And it's not just about changing your voice, it's about all the intentions and everything else. Um, so they, they put forward the idea, and it just so happened that on my radio show reel, I'd been in a radio play called Love and Money, playing this young Cockney. And they were listening and listening and listening and listening to different actors' voice reels, got bored, and thought, oh, that'll do. And that's how I got it. He'll do. Um, we all get jobs. <laughs> but apparently, they, they rather flatteringly said that your voice is in a similar area when you do that accent. So I was like, okay, so that's that. Shall I pass on? Yes. <laughs> oh, you've got your answer. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Annika and I, we, particularly in the Salation Gambit, I was doing Ben, and then she would do Ben if I was doing it. But I, was, I did uh, 10 characters, and I was listening to in my car, and I rang David Richardson, and I said, um, I'm doing Ben, I'm doing the Doctor, I'm doing Jamie, I'm doing the, uh, the Salation Monsters, I'm doing the Bank Manager, I'm doing the All one thing. <coughs> All on one thing. <laughs> and I said, I'm doing nine characters out of the ten. If you just bought me a pair of tight jeans, I could have done Polly as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how I got it, uh, 2007 was my first one, called Helicon Prime. And I did the first three pages just as a Doctor. I did Jamie's voice, but I did, you know, come along, Jamie, we're going to do this now. All right, Doctor, all right. And I did the first three And Nigel Fraser was here this weekend. He did my big fat gay wedding show later on tonight, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> he was producing, uh, directing me a bit, and I did the first few pages. Then he said, right, Fraser, I'm just going to listen to those through again. And that, as he was listening, I started to do the first few pages as Patrick. And he went, Fraser, you sound like Patrick Trout. I said, well, I do Patrick's voice when I'm describing Look at the size of that thing, Doctor. Yes, yes, Jamie. It is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. And he said, do it again. Do it the first three pages of Patrick. So I did the first three pages again, and he said, keep it like that. So it was down to Nigel that I actually did Patrick's voice. And of course, I do it all in one. People have often said to me, you do all Jamie first, and then all Patrick. I, and I go, no, my script is blue for the TARDIS, red for the kilt. So I my script, blue, red, blue, red, red, blue, and you do an argument, and it's great because you can't just do it all one and then all the, you, you lose all that energy. So I just do all the voices at once. And I still keep saying to David Richardson, if Patrick was alive, he'd be with me. He said, yes, but you're still not getting Patrick speak. <laughs> so, so that's it. Right, well, um, I got involved because, like Elliot, I did the Carlton Hobbs as well, and I was at the party, and I bumped into John Dorney, who writes a lot for Big Finish. Uh, he was a couple of years above me at drama school. And I told him that, and I said, please get me in, get me in, I need some work, I need some work. And um, so he got me in, and I did, and my first production was Destination Nerva with Tom Baker. And I was playing a zombie, a Victorian zombie lord <laughs> who was colonizing the planet, sort of one of the redcoats, you know, the Victorian British redcoats. And Tom Baker was in the other studio, and he said suddenly, "You sound like John." So that wasn't very. That's why I knew the third Doctor not the third. <laughs> <laughs> um, And so he said, and Nick Briggs was with him, the producer, and uh, said they decided that I sounded a bit like John in this particular role, and so it went from there, really. So yeah. So, so you you both got the Carlton Hobbs. Yeah. What? I got the Russell Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> Make the <good> coffee. <laughs> Sorry. Sir. No, no problem. No problem. Um, so, did you have any trepidation in filling the shoes on a role that had already been established? Uh, and that's a sort of yes and no answer. When anyone offers you work, you just sort of grab it. Um, because, you know, the, the rather prosaic answer is you've got a mortgage to pay or whatever. Um, but um, taking on the role of Ben, in a sense, no, because the first thing was excitement. Because 
obviously Doctor Who is such a big deal at home, I didn't realise how much of a big deal it's becoming in the States or has been in the States, so this is all uh, new information. Um, so it was, hang on, a, a companion in Doctor Who, and it's an established, hell, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, the only time, I think, was, um, because as actors, we're sort of used to playing roles that hundreds of actors have played before. I'd just come off a play in England, and I, and I thought, oh, I wonder how many people have played this role I've just played since 1959, when the play was first done, uh, and some of them being really quite famous as well. The difference here, of course, there's one actor, Michael Craze, who established the role, um, and the fan community, of course, will have, um, uh, quite rightly so, uh, be rather protective of that established character and the actor who established it. Um, but the only time I started to feel a little bit anxious was first day of the Yes Men, because I came in the door and thought, oh, I'm going to be working with two people who were not only Mike's colleagues, but very likely mates as well. So there was a little, uh, okay, right, um, don't, don't let yourself down if you can help me. <laughs> but, uh, so it comes and goes. Sometimes when I've been asked to do conventions, I've done a few in, in the UK, you sort of do sit down in front of people, and, and I've got a, like a sort of Captain America shield down here just to, in case anyone tries to throw something at me. But everyone's been terribly sweet, and so it's made it much easier. Um, so a few anxieties, but um, nothing that would stop you doing it, because it's Doctor Who, and it's massive, and <laughs> et cetera. Or do you put your I'll get used to this then. <laughs> So, did you have any trepidation, Fraser, in, in playing uh, Patrick Troughton's role as the second doctor? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 I'm going to do the heavy lifting. Oh, well, that's a simple answer. <laughs> I've been doing his voice for ages. You don't get that sort of look at the size of that. So, it, it, time, trepidation is the wrong word. I, well, I'll try those first three pages, you know. If, can I sustain three pages rather than just sort of two lines of dialogue? So, yeah, there was a little bit of. But I thought if it doesn't work, it's might. I'm still playing as a, as a, you know, the doctor, but not great trepidation. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, I was excited was the was the first thing when I was asked uh, to do the first box set. But then uh, that uh, theatre role, then when I got in the studio, um, and I uh, the amount of research I done, I thought I'd done a lot of research, um, watching the DVDs over and over again, and listening to the voice. And then of course, once I got in the studio, then I didn't sound anything like him at all in my head. So um, that made me a little bit nervous. But luckily, I had Katie Mann in there, who has been fantastic all the way throughout, and she was so supportive. Um, and yeah, and I think the fears just gave way then to the confidence that I was given in the studio by, by Katie and Richard Franklin in the first one, and, uh, and Nick Briggs, the producer. Tell when you know you're going to do another one, do you do it either? Get one of these DVDs out. I'm watching. I'm watching. Just three. Otherwise, one place. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just play one. Oh God! I've got to. Yeah. Just remind you. Yeah. The roles is ours. Yes. Just remind you. Because it's not. It's not. It's not. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree, but it's not an impression as such. Yes. Because if you do an impression, you exactly. So, from my part, from my part, I try to just get some of the vocal mannerisms in and the sense. Of who John Perfy was, um, and of course, luckily he's got this. Well, I say luckily, not luckily for him. But the time was the Sibylan S he had, and, mm. um, and the sort of and the poshness, really, and um, and just those sort of vocal ticks and the vocal things you had. And, and like I say, by watching a DVD, that really gets you in, especially as an actor. You're studying something, 
Uh, so in the studio, I'll be pretending to roll the cape, you know, or play my chin and sort of comb my bouffant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the back of your neck. Yeah, the back of, oh, yes, there's plenty of that. And sometimes you do it in the studio as well. Just uh, if you think, oh, that, yeah, that goes with that. It helps, weirdly. Really. It helps with the delivery. Well, I'm, I can't do Patrick without doing hand movements. Yes. I can't put my hands in my pocket. I've got to, yeah, yes, yes, I'll do it. You go that way. I'll, I'll do this. I, 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 yes, I'll it's quite funny watch because I can see Fraser through the window on my left and his whole physicality changes between uh, Jamie and the doctor and my favourite one that you do is when um, because it's such a Troutonism it's that point when Patrick Troutonism's doctor is trying to look tough and you can just see a phrase at the corner of the eye. He stamps one foot and pushes his chest out. You can't do that to me! Or whatever the line might be. Um, and, and, and then the physicality changes back to Jim. So it's still an entire physical performance going on, even though only the voice is mortalised on, you know, on the tape. Because sometimes I think you have to... Well, I, I visualise John Purdue yeah. when I'm doing the lines. I visualise him, yeah. and I can just see him in the purple suit. Yeah, you know, and how he stands, and, yeah. and it just sometimes does help. And it's it's weird. It's sometimes you don't you get in a role then when there's a, a difficult sentence. You go, I can't, I can't get this right. I can't get this right. And then suddenly by thinking him mm. and adopting the posture, or the, you know something like that, like you said, the hand on the neck, yeah. it somehow helps. It's, it's really strange. There's totally sound recorders. Yep. There's too much rusting because you know it's difficult to stand still. Mm. So you yes. do this and you, you touch the yes the lectern and yeah. And you have to take your watch off. You say take take your play watch off. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're doing your gesture. Oh, Annika's bracelets. Annika's bracelets. I take all my jewellery off. <laughs> all my bracelets, my earrings, my necklaces. <laughs> Annika's handcuffs, but that's another. <laughs> <laughs> that's for tea break. Yes. <laughs> Let's keep it PG. <laughs> Um, so, so actually, you teed up on the next question uh, pretty nicely. Um, so, so Elliot, I'll direct this one to you mostly. Um, uh, how much do you feel that you're recreating the performance of Michael Craves versus bringing your own interpretation to the character? Well, it's, it's a bit of a knife set that one because I, um, I remember when I first started doing it, thinking the danger is it sort of picks up on what Tim said. The danger is if you <coughs> go for an, a, 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 as close an imitation as possible. It, I think it's somewhat insulting to the audience because it's almost like saying, now shut your eyes everyone, it really is Michael Craze, which is also insulting to his memory, I think. It's just a little bit crass. But at the same time, if you try and go in and, and be a cocky actor and reinvent the wheel, oh, forget the original, mm, yeah. that's just going to lose everyone and you'll be looking for another job. So it's navigating the line. But what I find is that the technology does a great deal of the work for me because I, well, hang on, my, as with Fraser, Annika, Pat, would have been four or five cameras, Blind Grove, or you know, it, it was a more sort of back in the day the way television was made. It was more of a sort of controlled theatrical performance. I have the microphone right here, so I think the the medium dictates the performance, and I and I think that maybe the big difference between Ben version one and Ben version two, Ben version one I think comes across as a bit feistier, uh, a bit tougher, and I think Ben version two because I've got to bring my voice down a bit. And we associate that with vulnerability, and he's a little bit more reflective. And then, of course, the scripts are written so differently. There's, there's so much more character-driven. Uh, the scripts from Big Finish. So I think he's, he's turned out as being a slightly more vulnerable character 
um, in the big finish. I think he was a bit tougher as Wes Mike did it. That might be the difference. But I remember your first day when you, you were, your, your first scene, you went, there you go, Doctor, then done. <laughs> <laughs> David Richards said, it's Michael Craig, not Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Now, uh, both uh, Fraser and Tim have also talked about physical things that they do. Do you do any kind of mental or physical sort of preparation for playing them? I, 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 before I go in, I've got on my iPhone about six clips, which are my ways in. Yeah. And there's, there's six clips from um, stories. Because the other thing is that um, Mike's voice changed during his time. Uh, you go to the early stories where he's still working with Bill Hartnell. Now, I don't know whether this is because it's a new job, and you know, it's slightly more, at, or because perhaps Pat was slightly easier to work with than Bill. Just, 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 just conjecture. <laughs> so, if you go back to the early, one of the things I noticed about the early stories, it's all up there. It's all up the, the sort of hard palate. And then, as soon as Pat comes in, in about three episodes, he's all back down. He's all down, further down. So I thought, oh, well, you know, you can mark the continuity then, you know, um, and, and things like that. So there's that. But I definitely agree about the physicality. Um, the, the, the stance slightly widens, and, and, and the shoulders <laughs> round a bit, because that's something I associate with Mike, because he has a very, uh, come on, let's have it kind of performance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit the monster, or whatever. So, you, yeah, definitely. And the same as one pipe. And the same as one pipe. So yeah, that look absolutely yeah. It's funny you used to say about the voice. Um, I've done quite a few big finish where there's a young Jamie and, and then the medium and then the older Jamie. So the first one is you know, oh look at this and his voice is all like that. And then as this series was going on, my voice, you know, oh I said like I, I don't like and all, it, 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 he starts to relax back. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. knows all about yeah. thing. But it's just so funny with Mike, you can hear it almost from the transition from William Hartnell into Pat mm. <laughs> <laughs> Completely changes. All right, since uh, you've been talking a little bit uh, here, Elliot, I'm going to start with Tim. Um, what are the best and worst aspects of playing a recast role versus one where you're the first to play the part? Oh, God. why do I have to come to me first? <laughs> I, well, I'm, the best part is obviously the excitement of playing the Doctor Who. It's an incredible um, opportunity and experience. Um, and it's, it's such fun and you've got a lot to say and a lot to do and you know that you're going to come back to the part and the same part so that you can try and work on different aspects of the character like for instance in the, in the second volume I was trying to find the softer side of, of the third Doctor and his, um, his relationship with, with Joe Grant more um, I'd say the worst thing obviously is the, is the expectation of the audience to be honest because obviously it's very preciously held the memories of, of the fans and um, such an iconic figure, such a great actor. Um, obviously, that's it's the it's the fear factor of you know of trying to make it better than the last time, or at least try to equal what you did last time, and, and not upset too many people. <laughs> um, I think that's got to be the worst aspect. The better, oh yeah, the, the other best aspect is the, the, the lunches, which everyone's got. <laughs> <laughs> the legendary lunches that Tony provides, which is quite incredible. Uh, that does make the two days for each recording just even better. And it's just it's just a great environment to work in, Big Finish. It's it's totally different from working for the BBC or someone like that. It's so it's like a little family. Mm. Um, and you're all there, you're all mates, you know, and it's it's 
such a good at swapping all our stories and having a laugh, you know. It's, it's, it's just a great experience. So yeah, so I think the, the, the pros definitely outweigh the cons by a long way. For me, the, the worst aspect is they send you a DVD, uh, a CD, and I can't listen to it at home because the phone ring. So I was in my, a long car journey. I put it in the car, and the worst I'm driving, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, no. Oh, why did they say I could have done that much yes, better? Yes, yes. No, yes. I, I should have rolled the wood, the, the arse yeah. for the day. Yeah, they said, tell it, tell it. But you can't see the car. We should have done it again. I need to do it again. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 You could hear it back in the studio. I, I don't listen to myself. I, I can't listen. Oh. I, tried, I tried on the first no, box to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, but I can't, listen. I can't do it. Weirdly. <laughs> I, I can't because to me it doesn't sound any. It just sounds like me putting on a bit of a feminine voice. Uh, it sounds like it really doesn't. It, to me, you know, it, we, you hear it differently in your own head. I think mm. what you record, yeah. Yeah. especially on the playbacks in the studio, when they play, you can hear them play back just to check for any noises. And I go, oh, can I do that again? And they go, no, no, it's great. And you go, it doesn't sound anything like you. <laughs> So, uh, with the writing, uh, you know, I, I, I put Patrick's coughs in, mm. but some writers have put da 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 cough. And I, no, the strange thing is, he wouldn't cough there. Yes. And I'll cough if we do two takes. I'll do it differently, you know. It's like, yes, And the next take, I'm, I might not do the same cough yeah. there. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. You get into it. Yeah. 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 yeah, especially the first hour of recording is the worst. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you get in the studio on the, the first day of recording, the first hour is horrific because you're trying, you've done all this, this work at home and then you get in the studio and you can't do it. It's just not there mm. and it's really odd and then somehow it just comes, it just comes gradually but you wish you could do the first four seasons. So glad to hear this because I, was, I, this is, I thought this was just me. <laughs> Thank you. Actors are all insecure. Yeah. So do you have anything to add to that, Ellie, about the best and worst aspects of uh, playing a recast role? Um, the, the best aspect is most of the work's done for you. Mike Craze did the work in 1966, so it's about just sort of... Um, I can't really say standing on the shoulder of a giant, because he wasn't very tall. Uh, <laughs> but you, you can just go, well, hang on, here's this actor who's done a great deal of groundwork. All I've got to do is trust to a great deal what he's done. The only thing, of course, I can't replicate, as numbers can, um, in regards to Pat or John Pertwee, is we never know what their intentions were on the line. So, therefore, it always becomes ours in that way. Um, but if you, I, I always think, if I just keep going back to what Mike did between stories, I can't really go wrong. Um, hopefully. <laughs> you just gotta trust to it then, yeah. Yeah, it's probably the worst aspect is working with you, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed this. Yes, yeah. um, yeah. They all disappear to the bathroom. All the real feelings come out at the convention. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. I'm holding. Yeah. All right, so Tim, starting with you again. Um, do you feel that there are any roles that are just too iconic to recast? He's in the most iconic one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's the simple answer to that. I, I have no idea. I don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, they recast James Bond, don't they? Every yeah. many years. What else is iconic? I mean, Big Finish has recast the Avengers. I mean, well, there we are. Yeah, Big Finish. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, shut up. <laughs> 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 this, this, this actually came from someone uh, on, on a discussion forum, Doctor Who forum, that uh, there's debates going on about whether people like Liz Shaw or uh, Caroline John, uh, Elizabeth Sladen, Sarah Jane Smith, whether any of them should be recast or whether, uh, you know, especially since their passing is nearer than John's and such. Well, and, well I hope so because it means I can play John Pertwee for a bit. Selfishly, but yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, like, time heals all, does it not? I don't know. Um, I mean, I think the most difficult one would be out of doctors would be Tom Baker, wouldn't it? For, well, for, as, a, as a British person, his voice is. But John Coleshaw does a great John Coleshaw does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does a great impression, yeah. But it's an impression, isn't it? And then again, he might, you know, he's yeah. an actor as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I suppose if you're going to recreate somebody, it's. They've got to have something in their voice. Like Sarah, you know, Liz Slayton didn't have that perky, Tom Baker, that sort of it's unique, yeah, unique sound, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Yeah, there's no one else like them, is there, no. in terms of. Uh, it's such a unique voice. I thought the girls would probably be the worst to yeah. recreate because the voices, are, I don't want to say they all sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> <laughs> busy making the tea, aren't they? <laughs> 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 a joke. I suppose if Katie Manning would be the one. Yeah, I think Katie's gone forever, though. I think. I hope she does, yeah. But yeah, Katie's got a very unique voice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely don't put anyone in the grave before they're retired. No, 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 no. No, I'll never call later. Make sure she's alright. So do you feel that there's anyone these two iconic to be recast? Um, uh, until I heard Tim, because I think I'm, I might, the Ben thing might have happened slightly before the third Doctor thing, and I did, and I thought, well, you know, Mike was in it for one year. Many of the episodes are missing uh, on film and in videotape, but they all exist on sand, which was useful for me to do research. So I did wonder because so much, having spoken to David Richardson. It was so sensitively handled. He was very, very worried about doing these things, and he held on, and um, and so on and so forth. But I thought, well, maybe with no disrespect to Mike's memory, you could get away with Ben and maybe one or two others. But then I heard Tim, and I thought, well, that's that's the third Doctor. So um, maybe there there is I, there's obviously some people pop up in your mind, and you think, hmm, I wonder how like Nick Courtney. For instance, you think I wonder yeah, how yeah. Um, you know you might have to tread it a little more carefully yeah. there, or um, Elizabeth Slayton, because um, they, they they've gone over so many generations. Because obviously Liz had her own show, and I think Nick turned up in that. And um, but I just think they'll do the same thing that they've done so far, which is they'll be very very sensitive about mm. it and very very careful and try not to um, drop the ball. Yeah, I mean, they were very careful when, when the first volume of the, of the Third Doctor, they had me narrating as well, as a way of easing into it, so that it wasn't me being John Persbury, <coughs> it was me being a narrator and then doing the Third Doctor. So I think they handled that brilliantly. And of course, on the cover, it's got John's face is sort of darkened out, which I know there's been a lot of controversy about it among some of the fans about that, but I mean, that's not for me to, to comment on. But I know it's a very, very difficult sensitive area. Um, I think Big Finish are very good at, you know, at acknowledging those um, those difficulties and and getting around them. I think eventually, and I think it's just a matter of just time. I think, but you're right. I think it's you've got to have a sort of quality of the voice of the person. Mm -hmm. You couldn't suddenly, you know, 
just have a different actor, that actor with a di totally different voice. No, no, no. That would be odd. <coughs> yeah. Can I hear your thought? No. I can't hear that. I can't hear that. The first thing I get to is the worst of gummage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't practiced, so I'd be. I'll stop smiling. Um, <laughs> we're looking at you. <laughs> now, Joe. No, I can't do it. I, I need to get the this this the test. I can't do it. See, I can't do it because I haven't practiced it. Um, so it would be uh, silent, Joe. Of course. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's not what it was called, obviously. I need to sit down and listen for about three days. To, um, to his voice before I get it. Like you said, you know, before you go in, you need to yeah. to go back and work on the voice again because mine was just sound too Welsh. Just sound like a Welsh alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an amazing voice he had because it, it's all up front. Well, it's and it's so, so rapid. That's right. And he's got that sort of, sort of military sort of Yeah, but he never misses a syllable. Yeah, it's, no, he, he just speaks up. Yeah, that's quite hard to get those syllables, you know, yeah. countenance yeah. and things like that. And, and this, the, the preciseness of the way he spoke. Because mm. uh, um, I, I didn't realise, I only found out recently that during the Second World War, he was um, in the Royal Navy mm. and he used to brief Churchill yeah. on secrets well, that they found from, you know, from the German Navy and things like that. So he had quite a sort of you know, interesting past. And mm. He was a military man and you can hear that in his voice. So, you know, when I'm getting into it, I start with that sort of military sort of click thing, yeah. you know, and then sort of work with the S and then, then that sort of thing, you know, and then the cup's in the cake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know where some gummy tins, but... Well, there goes any hope that I... Thanks for on the spot there. Do the voice, do the voice. Tell you, make me laugh. Yeah, 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 you're an actor, act! There goes any hope that I had of having the two doctors here on the panel. Oh. <laughs> um, so, so Fraser, since we haven't started with you yet, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, what kind of stories would you like to see from Big Finish? Uh, stories involve the second doctor. Yeah, involve the second doctor. Again, <laughs> yes. 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 Forget the third doctor. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Um, not quite having the stories they do. Um, I, uh, there's one story, Peter Davison and I, we were on a Who cruise uh, last year, and we got on really well together, because yeah? normally at conventions you see ships that pass the line, because we're on this cruise ship, and we did a sort of a reading, that's, uh, a reading that uh, the fans had written. So I thought, well, we ought to do one together. So that'd be nice if I, Jamie, met Nyssa and the Doctor, and yeah, anything's possible. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> As the jet lag started kicking in, then I started going. <laughs> um, well, actually, funny enough, we've been rec recording uh, the third volume of the third Doctor in about eight days' time, and there's one of the stories that actually they've written for it. I'm, I, can't, I can't say what, but probably, I guess, it's uh, one of the iconic sort of battles um, he's, he's, he's uh, coming up against. I would like to see him go against the side of him, I have to say, because I remember as a kid, then absolutely terrifying me, so I'd like to see that. But um, yeah, we are doing one in about eight days' time that um, involves one of the famous adversaries. Yeah, and 
I've got this fantasy, I, I should have told you. Um, BG, <laughs> yeah, Leela and Jamie were the only ones to carry knives. None of the other companions had weapons or might have found a gun or something. I have this thing with Tom Baker, maybe, that war, he's tied up, the water's rising. I said, I'll rescue you. And she goes, No, here's my doctor, I, I'll cut you free. No, I'll cut you free. You're just going to be lassie. No, I'll cut And we have a wrestling match. And Leela and Jamie go, He's going, I don't care who does against the snakes. You, you don't want this to be an audio. And I rip her the front of her loincloth that was on, and she stands up in rage. How dare you? No man has ever done that to me. And she kisses Jamie, and he gets all embarrassed and shy. And oh, you, you go, Captain Fleet, and you're the best. Jamie slings and stuff. Oh, that's very I've heard this several times. This is a recurring <laughs> Fantasies. Yes. Oh, right. Well, now. Right. Okay. Well, I, when I'm doing particular jobs, I, I, I do sort of take them home, and I often dream about them, which can be a bit tedious. And I did have a, a, a what was a sort of anxiety dream. But when I woke up and thought, that's not a bad idea for a story, or the phrase and, and Annika would kill me. Which is, like, what if? They all had their personalities swapped. So Polly was, the, so Annika had to play the second doctor, Jamie had to play Ben, and Ben had to play Jane, and, and then, you know, Polly as the doctor has to put it all right. And I thought, no, because they, that would just send the whole studio into a complete nightmare. Um, but, uh, you know, at least you get just, just one, you know, I could do my, just look at the size of that thing, doctor. Uh, or, or whatever. <laughs> get back in your place, you. Jamie wasn't Pakistan. He is in this one. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, I think I'll. But then I thought about it for uh, 20 minutes later. No, I think I'll just leave it to the writers because yes. they know what they're doing. And actors coming up with ideas can usually they usually roll their eyes so far back into their head that they disappear. <laughs> Maybe the third Doctor could help Jamie and Leela as well. Maybe he'd be. I'd like that. I Good grief! <laughs> Put that dirk away, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> a dirk is a dirk. This is Did we sign that thing? Yeah, yeah, release. Fraser sort of start, uh, started talking about this, uh, Elliot, but uh, is there any Doctor Who actor or character that you would like to work with? Um. Jamie. <laughs> I keep working with Jamie. There you go. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they very kind, Big Finish very kindly gave me a, a busman's holiday at the beginning of the year. They said, uh, do you want to do a story where you're not playing Ben? We think you're capable of two voices. <laughs> uh, but we're only thinking. So I, I did a story with uh, Tom and Louise, which was great. So it, uh, so it was nice to um, jump ship. But, you know, home is the early adventures. Home is with um, Polly and Jamie and and the second doctor, but it was nice just for that. Uh, that was we, we recorded that one over quite a few days because it was a it was a bit of an epic. It was like six or seven episodes or something. So we were there for quite a while. So it was nice to sort of dip into another era. Um, so, but apart from that, uh, yeah, I'll work with anyone. It's fine. <laughs> you have you done other stuff? Yeah, yeah. I just to say I've been lucky that before I was third doctor, I, I yeah, worked with all the other doctors that we finish. Uh, deploy uh, on different stories. 
I've also done the Avengers, Survivors, uh, Blake Seven. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's, I can't remember the, quite a few of them. Yeah, I haven't done that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'll do that one. <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, that, so I've been lucky actually in that I have worked with all the doctors. I've worked with David Tennant on stage. Uh, I knew I know Patrick's son and grandchildren. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've been lucky in that respect actually. I've sort of done quite a lot for Big Finish and worked with all the you know, Colin, Tom, Sylvester, Peter, who was my Mr. Paul? Peter Paul. So Mary. Paul, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mary again. Yeah. 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 And his brother from France. Renault <laughs> uh, Yeah, I had a good thing with a few years back. Um, Chase Masterson, I was, I was horse riding in Colorado Springs with her. And she said, what are you doing when you get home? I said, I'm working for a big finish. I've heard about that. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll stick you in. I'll, I'll, you know. So I went back and said to David Rich, I said, Chase Masterson, you know, from Peak Throat Night, no, Deep Space Night. <laughs> <laughs> she always said, it's Deep Space Night. <laughs> and it's Chase Masterson, not Chase Manhattan. <laughs> and David Rich said, oh, what a good idea, you know. I'll ring her up and he rang and she came over. And I said, listen, I've always wanted to, to work you know, and do something else. You know, can I be a soldier or a baddie or whatever in, in another who? He said, no, but you're going to be the baddie in this one. She said, but I won't tell. I said, don't tell, don't tell. So she turned up from the studio. She said, who's playing this Max Falter? Who's this Max Falter? You know, and they go, oh, there's an actor. You probably might, you know. Well, I turned around and said, hello, I'm Max Falter. <laughs> so that was great to play this kind of Billy Graham kind of, you know, evangelist that was kind of really um, not as, as all as it seemed. So that was great, good fun to play some totally yeah. different. Yeah. All right, now I'd like to uh, open up questions to the audience. So if anyone has a question, you, sir. So have you had any interaction with the family of the people that you are doing the uh, parts for? Joking, right? They kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. No. No. I haven't. Um, Katie's the nearest, you know, as close as I've got to it. To, to John Perley. Um, I haven't met Sean. Um, no, I haven't spoken to him. Have you? Yes, I, I did the Lords of the Red Planet with Michael Trapp. And he had one you know, starring role and everything. And I had a scene with him. And um, it, it's terrible if you're doing an impression. It's like if you went to Sean and said, I know this is like your father. And you go, so we did this scene, and uh, Lisa Powers, how was that? And Mike went, Can I just say something phrase? Oh, here it is. It's nothing like that. You said a couple of lines in that scene, he said, and the hairs on the back of my neck rose. And I thought, My father's here somewhere. He said, That, you know. So that was a great. That's the best, yeah. yeah great best compliment you get yeah, from his son. Because, you know, you do impression with somebody, you go, I thought yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that was the because people say David Trump sounds like Patrick, but Fraser sounds like Patrick's doctor. Mm. And it's different. Yes. Yeah. I, I know of um, Mike Fraser's son, who is called Ben, and um, I think uh, from what I've gathered from Annika, uh, he, he's not in the industry. He's I, 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 think, I think he's in business. You know, I think he's a director of something. Proper job. He's got a proper job. Yeah. He's, he's a director of something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think. When he was maybe late teens, early twenties, before obviously work and, and family life took over, I think he used to sort of represent Mike at a couple of conventions. I, I've, I've not re 
probably for similar reasons. I haven't reached out, though it might be slightly, don't know. Um, so I get most of my advice, well, it, it, rather as you with Katie, I get quite a bit from Annika and, and Fraser, of course, but because Annika came on board with Mike and they did a, they spent a lot of time together and did conventions in the 90s together. So I got most of my information from, from Annika. Um, but I, I know Ben is out there, and how wonderful he's called Ben as well. So it's <laughs> Uh, you, sir. Um, like, uh, this is Fraser. Um, like Nick, like um, Nicholas Courtney or Elizabeth Slayton, you are an iconic companion. In 50 years time from now, how would you feel about your voice being recorded? I'd be very tired. So how would I feel? Well, I'm very proud, obviously, for this Doctor Who Mangler that uh, this character was supposed to be for four episodes, suddenly three years later, three of the happiest years of my life working with this lovely man Patrick, you know. Um, I'm just so chuffed to be part of it. And even in the, the Guinness Book of Records as well. About four years ago, Pal and I gave me the Guinness Book of Records, Christmas present. I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's quite right, yeah. Guinness Book. You know, look at page somewhere, Fraser Hines, Guinness Book of Records, longest running companion. I thought, oh, and it's about 10 days later, I thought, I don't have a Guinness Book of you can't get in unless you eat the main thousand hen's eggs in one go. Dive off something like a marriage. Yeah, yeah. To make Michigan with no, yeah, from a plane. Yeah. So that was, so I'm very proud of that. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. I'm a bloody hypocrite. If anyone else plays the part of Ben in 50 years' time, I'm coming out of the grave. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't know who would want to play me, but. <laughs> You would back. Yeah. What are some of the like, weirdest situations you've had to involve recording? What's the weirdest situation we've had to do whilst recording? <coughs> that, uh, that would seem where Ben and Jamie were naked. <laughs> yeah, I should have been Lou James. Uh, and I had to stand in. I don't know if it's necessarily weird, but um, there's a certain person who's not sat a million miles from me um, who's, who's very good at creating situations. Like, for example, um, almost making our, our producer's hair fall out one morning when we had a phone call, um, and you know when you can only hear one half of a phone call, but you know it's bad. And um, so Annika's in the studio, I'm in the studio, Lisa's in the studio, ready to go. No, Fraser, <coughs> phone, Fra Fraser's been arrested. <laughs> and you can see the hair starting to, and then Fraser just very casually walks into the studio. <laughs> And he's standing right behind. So it's one of those ridiculous situations where the person's still on the phone whilst having a conversation. Yes, maybe look to your right, David. We had um, in the first volume, I can't remember what story it is, but we had um, some uh, creatures called Atto Eels in there, which we had to say very dramatically. Atto Eels! Atto Eels! And it took us, as you can imagine, for obvious reasons. <laughs> About three hours to be able to do that scene without yeah. laughing. All of us. Anytime we mentioned Atto Eels being so many inches long. There's about five of us in the studio and we just couldn't, it's on actually the outtakes, I think. We just couldn't hold it together and it took I don't know how long. But it got so, it, first of all, Nick got pretty um, upset about the fact that we couldn't, you know, we were running out of time. And then, you know, when things go on so long, they become funny again. We were all in hysterics, they were in hysterics in the studio, and we couldn't actually do it. Even though you, you know, you went, at wheels! 
and you, someone you can just hear on the on the mic. So that's probably it. I'm always trying to get in Jamieisms or, or doctorisms, and Lisa Powerman always says, "No, no, Fred, you can't." I said, "No, but Patrick would say, no, 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 stick to script, stick to script." So we were doing the Laws of the Red Planet, as I mentioned earlier, and I got to this scene. I went, "Lisa, John Dorney, the writer." Yes, he's sitting beside me. So he's there, yes, when you can't cut this next line. It's in the script. What is it? Said, the Doctor and Jamie are looking at the rocket ship of the Martians. The Doctor says, yes, Jamie, it is a big one, isn't it? Like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I can't cut it. John Dornian, now the writers are beginning to put in this kind of studio on top. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The fans love it. Oh, he's got the size of that. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's... And we all turn into about ten-year-olds, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bum. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the more serious you are in the studio, the more dramatic it is. Oh, the more easy it is to just laugh and call it corpse in, you just go. You know, the more the more serious you are, the more so dramatic you are, you know, easier it is to laugh. And, and even you're not looking at the verse. Yeah, you're not looking, you just you can hear it, can't you? Can hear, you can hear the laughter in the voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I remember I remember I remember I was with Tom Baker and he was he was in one studio and I was in the other. He was like, Who wrote this? Rubbish! <laughs> That's not exactly what he was saying. The writer was in the studio. Who wrote this thing? You know, like, I went, oh, it's the words, but that was quite something. <laughs> and we were all... <laughs> <laughs> yes? Oh, uh, Elliot, um, are you, uh, or have you recorded anything for the first Doctor? Uh, uh, we, we haven't. Um, I know, again, it's something that um, David Richardson, the producer, has um, been considering. Um, I, I know... No more than that. Um, I, I think there might be a problem in terms of continuity because I think the first Doctor's final story follows directly on from the first story that Ben and Polly are in together. But of course, ah, writers can find a way around that. It has been asked at various conventions that David and I have been attending together. Um, I think it's ticking over. Whether it comes to fruition, I don't know. It's mixed <coughs> metaphors, but uh, yeah. Possibly, possibly. Could we be without you? <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> is it Peter Perth does the uh, first Doctor, doesn't he? Yes, I think David's slight worry was asking, say, Peter, for example, to come in and not play his, the character he created as well. Um, so he couldn't play Stephen yeah. um, without, you know. So um, I, I don't really know where they'll, they'll go with that. Hang on, why, why am I worried about not seeing you? You've got Debbie and Wendy and hang out. No, well, we'd, we'd love a first Doctor story. Yeah. Peter Perton is an actor, he'll take them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't possibly. This is David Richardson's thinking, not the actor's yeah, thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, way in the back on the right side. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, um, well, actually you sort of draw from it because it sort of, um, it helps you through because it's a sort of thing of a, and I'm in the middle booth as well very often, so I've got Fraser to my left and Annika to my right, and so, well, these are the authentic who people, the authentic who characters, they've come back and recreated their roles, um, but because I hear their voices um, and I can just see them, um, it's like, oh, actually, this is almost like a lifeline, really, because then it, you, you, 
strangely feel less of a fraud <laughs> because you've got a couple of authentic people there, you know. Uh, it, it's not as if it were three people recreating uh, characters that have been established. Um, so it, I, I actually find it sort of helps yeah. through, really. Uh, and you can always sort of, you, you know, how off base am I in Fraser say it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it, 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 it's, it's great, you know, it's fine. You know, it's yeah, I, I, I agree with that because I've obviously got Katie there and sometimes Richard Franklin there. And I totally agree with what Elliot says, that it does really help you because, you know, they, they will validate or whatever, you know, whatever what you're doing. I'll say to Katie, how, how did that sound? You go, it's getting there, darling. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, it really does help when you've got the authentic. But it also goes there. back to the, the answer you gave a while ago, which was, um, you know, you, you do your research, you watch a DVD, or you know, blah blah blah. But if you hear that original voice, it's just listening to other actors, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. And then you, yeah. Res- yeah, it's much easier. Actors are the worst to ask any. Um, how does that sound? Like you said, Katie, we never thought, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. We're the worst people to ask. Yes. Uh, when we were doing the Enemy of the World, uh, first day rehearsal, Patrick came up to Wendy, to Debbie and I, and said, uh, How about a dis voice for a salamander? Maybe I can uh, speak out like a dis. And Debs went, Are you really going to play? And I said, Patrick, he, He's not from Pakistan. He's not the way. The worst. Yeah. Maybe you do a salamander story. That was actually one of the questions someone online asked me to ask you: is if you would like to play salamander as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With my Pakistani aunt. That'd be a good story. Yeah. In fact, when the that story came out, I came to Chicago, and there in the cosplay was this young guy dressed as salamander. First salamander I've ever seen. Great. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put you guys on the spot or not. I was hoping that you all would be willing to try a scene from the three doctors as the three doctors. Do I become an honorary partner? Do I? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got the script. Are you oh, God, God. oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's bad. <laughs> This, this wasn't prepared in advance at all. <laughs> well, do I have to come out? I'm going to drop the glasses. Will this stretch? Wait, you've got Doctor One and Doctor Two in it. Okay, so you're Doctor One, you're Doctor Two, and you're Doctor. Oh, Doctor. Yeah. Okay. How's the sound? Why don't we start uh, right there, Doctor One on the scanner. Okay. Okay. Have you got like your one word and thing? I can't get any voice from that. Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> so you've got to do. So, so Hartman used to grab his lapel, didn't he? So if I if I do lapel acting. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, there you are. Are we? Oh, we oh, 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 Shall I go again? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> paid by the second. Ah, you know. oh, there you are. I, I seem to be stuck up here. Oh, 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 you're my replacement, sir. A dandy and a clown. Have you done anything? We've assessed the situation. Just as I thought. Nothing. It's not easy, you know. We know what that stuff is. No. Then I'll tell you. It's a time bridge. Hmm? It's a what? I see. Now what's a bridge for, eh? Well, it's a... Uh... Right. So stop dilly-dallying and cross it. No, 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 no way. You fainted him again. I, I did not fail him. You, you saw? Yes, you certainly did. I hate to ask, but who was that? Me. Me. Come, will you? 
Stand by to disconnect the force field. Okay, what, what are you going to do now? Now! Doctor! 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 Well, I was just going to say, Elliot, from having just a cold reading like that, that was an excellent first doctor. I need to be ready for We have time for one more question. Anyone have a burning question? All right, you, sir. Uh, since Louise is here, does she know about this knife fight idea? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <little> fantasy. <laughs> okay, actually, since that one was short, we have time for one more. Anyone? Well, I'm, I'm old enough to have just remembered the end of the original series, um, which I sort of grew up. So I sort of saw um, the end of Colin through Sylvester. But in the early 90s, when I was sort of growing up, it was repeated quite a bit. Uh, the, they, they weren't interested in making any. That happened later. But they repeated quite a bit. And um, I think, like, perhaps a lot of kids, I had my period of, like, really being in, you know, you get in, in and out of things. And so I was really um, aware of the various companions and they would repeat something. And um, I don't know whether they ever repeated a Ben and Polly story, but it's, it's that strange thing, isn't it? You s somehow soak it up because it's such a part of, well, not only British culture anymore, but, you know, um, so, yeah, I must have come across it. Um, but uh, I certainly, not part of the missing generation, thankfully. I just got in on the end of um, the classic series. I shouldn't keep saying last question because they end up being short and <laughs> we actually have time for one more. <laughs> Anyone? I'll ask Tim. Tim, um, have there been, probably not, but have there been any discussions in the studio to try to recreate the roles of either Sarah Dana Lynch job? That I don't know, and that's the honest answer. I have no idea. I, as I said, I hope so, because it prolongs my um, playing. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a question maybe for Jason or for um, Nick Briggs. I'd like Jason to be here. Yeah, that'd be good. Jamie and the third doctor. Or a multi doctor story <laughs> with the third doctor and the second doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Pat and uh, John had uh, such a fantastic relationship with each other, and uh, you, you guys should recreate it. You should recreate their convention appearances as well, where you go with water guns and start interfering. John would be nicking all the facts, wouldn't he? Give us a pack, Water pistol fight had as well. Yes. That's right. Yes. Coming out the top. Well, thank you. I think uh, they they wanted me to get done ten minutes early, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's near enough. Uh, but thank you, Elliot, Fraser, and Tim. You have been listening to the 42 Cast, copyright 2020. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. 
Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.